Destination Medicine is a collaborative initiative of regional training hubs. With first-hand lessons learned from those who have gone before, this podcast is designed to assist and inspire anyone interested in pursuing a medical career in rural and regional Australia. Welcome to Destination Medicine. I'm Nicole Goodman. Dr Lauren Bradbury only came to Australia for a short visit, but after experiencing the joys of living in regional New South Wales, the stunning environment and the collegiate and cooperative workplace, she and her husband decided to stay. Dr Bradbury now works as a medical oncologist at the Orange Health Service, dividing her time between in-hospital care and outreach programs across a huge geographic area. Lauren talks to Jeff Waters about how a holistic approach to patients, as well as scientific rigour, make medical oncology a fulfilling and satisfying career choice. But she starts by recounting how and why she first set out on a path to medicine. Medicine was a little bit of an accident for me. You speak to doctors who come from a long dynasty, you know, big medical families with multiple generations of doctors, and that certainly wasn't the case for me. When I was at high school, year seven, year eight, you know, talking with careers advisors, I had a lot of grandiose plans of the things that I might want to do with my life. At one stage, I was going to be a marine biologist and go and study on the Mediterranean somewhere with lots of sunshine. At another point in time, I was thinking I might go to America and work for the FBI and work on the X-Files. I remember doing a careers questionnaire and sitting down with my careers advisor and it was suggested that paramedic might be a good job for me. And I remember my careers advisor saying, well, why don't you take it one step further? What if you did medicine? That would open up a lot of options if you're looking for that fast-paced medical type environment. You could do emergency medicine. There's any number of things that you could do if that's what interests you. So it very much was a push for my careers advisor to enter into medical training. And so you studied in the UK. How did you find yourself in Australia? I am from the UK originally. And at the time I entered medical training, there was a big push in the UK to recruit and train new doctors. So there were four brand new medical schools that were started around the time that I started my training. One of my problem-based learning tutors was Australian, and she always spoke so highly of the healthcare system here. And in the back of my brain, I knew once I'd done my internship and residency, I wanted an opportunity to travel. I'd gone straight from high school into medical school and really hadn't seen much of the world. So decided to take the leap and knew that this was something I wanted to do. Once I'd finished intern residency, I really had no idea what I wanted to specialise in. So this was a really good opportunity to take a little bit more time to work out who I was as a person. And the plan was to come for 12 months. And that was in 2009. And needless to say, we never left. This has very much become home now. Why did you decide to stay? I think it was a combination of things. The work-life balance, I think Australia actually do a very good job of getting that right. In the UK, everybody is racing around living to work, whereas Australia do a very good job of working to live. You guys really understand work-life balance, enjoying your weekends, taking personal time. You're remunerated for the antisocial hours that you do, which is certainly not the case within the NHS. And I liked what I saw in terms of being a specialist in Australia. I remember my consultants as an intern in the NHS having very little contact with their patients on the medical 
clinical unit and not really knowing what was happening with their inpatients. Whereas coming here, the consultants round every day on their inpatients, which is just a phenomenal difference in attitude towards patient care. Consultants are much more hands-on and more involved. And that was certainly the medicine that I wanted to practice in my career. So what are you doing now? How would you describe your current role? So I currently work as a full-time senior staff specialist at Orange Health Service, and I'm a fellow of the Royal Australasian College of Physicians specialising in medical oncology. I wear a number of other different hats in my career. I'm also the co-director of physicians training for the RACP here at Orange Health Service, and I'm also the current head of cancer services for the southern sector of Western New South Wales local LHD. I also take part in a fair bit of clinical research, clinical trials here in Orange, and we're very proud of the clinical trial service that we've developed here, bringing cancer research to the patients of the Central West. You said earlier that you couldn't really decide initially on what to specialise in. Why did you become interested in medical oncology? I have to take you back a little bit to how I came to medical oncology. When I was in medical school, as I think I said to you earlier, emergency medicine was where I was heading. That was what I was very fixed on. Once I joined medical school and having done a few elective uh, rotations as a medical student through surgery, I decided that surgery was much more my cup of tea and was adamant and militant about the fact that I was going to do surgical training once I left medical school. My first intern job, however, was as a geriatric JMO, and I spent six months working on an inpatient geriatric unit and absolutely loved every minute of it. The medicine was wonderful, but it was the bigger picture conversations with patients and families and that really holistic approach to care that I absolutely loved. I subsequently went on as an intern to do my surgical rotations. And whilst I liked the practical aspect of things, that holistic care wasn't there. And that was a real sticking point for me. I really missed that part of my day-to-day practice. When I came here to Australia, I was working as a senior resident medical officer at Hornsby Hospital and again did a number of medical rotations and had very much decided physician's training was the path for me and still very much leaning towards geriatric medicine. Again, big picture, holistic care for patients. And it was only through my basic physician's training that I did some rotations within medical oncology that I realised I had found a medical specialty that spoke to me on a scientific level, so the science behind cancer treatments, but also allowed me to practice that holistic care, which I find so rewarding in my work. And do you tend to see more older patients like uh, you did in geriatric care? I think there is an opportunity in medical oncology to be a geriatric medical oncologist, and that's a subspecialty of medical oncology all of its own. As a rural oncologist, you tend to see everybody. So there's no delineation of that tumour streams that you see. You see a wide mixture of tumour streams and patients. However, I do provide outreach clinics to a number of sites and simply because of geography and distance travelled, I tend to see a lot of the older patients in those areas to really minimise their travel and keep their treatment close to home. So please tell me about that, about rural oncology specifically. What makes it different? One of my residents asked me this question yesterday, actually, and wanted to know my thoughts. There are two main aspects that are different for rural oncology. So I think the first place is the workplace aspect, and the second is to do with the community that we work within. I have always preferred working in smaller hospitals. It's a much more collegiate atmosphere. I find it easier to get things done. If you need an urgent scan, you pick up the phone, you have everybody's mobile numbers. There are unique sets of challenges, though, for rural and regional patients. 
inequity of access to primary health care is a huge problem and we tend to see later presentations of cancer which have its own consequences and impacts on cancer prognosis. We often see patients who perhaps have more socioeconomic issues and the cancers that can be associated with that. And then you have patients who simply don't want to travel for treatment and it's very hard sometimes to engage patients from more remote communities. Having said that, since the Cancer Service started here in Orange about 10 years ago now, as we've built the service, people have come. So we're seeing much more uptake of cancer treatment for patients of the Central West, where previously they simply would have declined because they didn't wish to travel out of the district to Sydney for their care. What sort of settings do you treat these patients in, in rural Australia? So my day-to-day work is probably about 90% outpatient care, 10% inpatient care. The predominant bulk of my work is at Orange, which is one of the main base hospitals here in the central west of New South Wales. But I also provide outreach services to more regional towns such as Parks, Forbes, Cowra, and my colleagues who work out of Dubbo actually fly out to more remote communities in Walgett and Lightning Ridge to provide outreach clinics there. 10% of my inpatient workload is here at Orange Hospital, and we're very fortunate this year to have opened an inpatient oncology unit, the first of its kind in regional Australia, and we have a 12-bedded unit dedicated to the care of cancer patients requiring inpatient stays. Tell me about the place you live, Orange. You've come from the United Kingdom. It must be vastly different. It is and it isn't. There's some similarities in terms of the climate. One of the things I love about Orange is that it has four very distinct seasons and we're very much in the middle of winter at the moment. It's three degrees and raining outside. I did my training in Western Sydney as a basic physician training and part of my rotation as a basic trainee was to come to Orange on a three-month attachment in 2012. But I absolutely love my time here in Orange. The community, the hospital, the lifestyle here really spoke to me. And as I went through my oncology training, I remember speaking with my two colleagues who had just set up practice here and saying that I was certainly interested in a potential job long term. An opportunity came up to do a rural fellowship towards the end of my oncology training. And once I was here, I made it very clear that I wanted to stay and the stars aligned for me and a position became available. And it was an easy sell for my husband to move here. Affordable housing, nice lifestyle, nice wine. It wasn't a hard decision. Sensational. Is there a piece of advice that you received during your training that stuck with you? So I think one of my biggest reservations, I'd done my two oncology rotations. And I think, as I said before, the science behind that really spoke to me as well as the holistic care. What I wasn't sure about making that leap in commitment to practicing in oncology was the sadness. There's a lot of sad things that I deal with day in, day out. And I remember speaking with one of my professors who had been hugely encouraging to me during my training. And he asked me what my reservations were. And I said it was dealing with the sad things. And he gave me a very good piece of advice, which was you have to remember that you didn't cause the cancer, but you're here to help them and help the patients and their families and treat them in the best way that you can. And that was really useful to separate those two things and know how you were helping these patients. Sounds like quite a challenge. Are there other challenges to oncology? One of my biggest challenges as a rural and regional oncologist is staying abreast of all the medical updates. If you work in a metropolitan cancer unit, you probably look after one, maybe two different cancer types, be it breast cancer, lung cancer or bowel cancer. But as a rural and regional oncologist, you have to be much more general. I don't think there is a tumour type that I don't have on my books. Um, Simply because of geography, I end up seeing a little bit of everything. 
20 years ago when all we had was really chemotherapy for the treatment of cancer, that was an easy thing to manage. But now in the era of personalized medicine, genomic testing, targeted therapy, immunotherapy, it's actually quite difficult to stay abreast of absolutely all the, the advances that are happening in my specialty. On the days before a clinic, when I have new patients coming in to see me, I will absolutely spend some time the evening before doing a, a literature review, just making sure nothing new has occurred since the last time I saw that particular tumour type. Every time a patient of mine perhaps progresses on a treatment and we need to move on to something next, I'll spend some time again going through the literature just to make sure that I'm giving them the best care possible and up to date with everything that I need to be. Sounds extraordinary, the breadth of work that you have to do. What type of personal qualities do you think help in the practice of oncology? I think that there are two main types of oncologists, and I've discussed this with my colleagues at length. I think there are the people who go into cancer medicine who are the hardcore scientists, the people who do their PhDs who are going to make meaningful, significant changes to cancer treatment. Those are the people that you're going to see on podiums at international conferences who are going to be making headlines because they've changed the face of cancer medicine. I think you also have another group of oncologists, and this is certainly where I would place myself. And these are a group of oncologists who take that astounding science and medicine and they apply that in the real world. And they provide the best gold standard care for their patients and really focus in on the human side of what we do, the human connection with patients and their families and providing holistic care for patients as they go through their cancer journey. Okay, just finally, what sort of advice would you give a JMO who's considering a career in medical oncology? For a career in medical oncology, you have to go through physician's training through the RACP. Um, physicians think in a really specific way. You have to constantly be asking, this patient has low blood pressure. Why have they got low blood pressure? It's trying to slot all the pieces together. You've got a puzzle in front of you and it's trying to make those pieces fit to understand what the underlying cause or the underlying pathology is to make that patient unwell. So I think you have to be curious I think if a patient tells you something, I think you have to have a healthy scepticism and you have to check and you have to double check everything that you do. I think for junior medical officers interested in oncology, I think you need to get as much exposure as possible. And as a junior doctor for oncology, you often just see the inpatient care of patients, which is about 10% of our workload. It's not an accurate reflection on what I do day in, day out. As a junior in oncology, you also see some of the saddest cases. These are the really unwell patients who have to be in hospital. So you never get to see any of the good stuff. And I think that's where my sticking point with oncology was. So I think spending as much time in the outpatient setting as best you can, I think you have to get really comfortable with being uncomfortable and having the difficult conversations with patients and their families, discussing a terminal diagnosis, discussing an advanced care directive, discussing ceilings of care for a patient. That is something that I think you need to do really well and be able to feel comfortable in having those conversations. I've seen that done really well and I've seen it done really badly. And I would encourage JMOs, if you see a consultant who you like how they speak, you like their style, emulate that, take that and build your own way of having those difficult conversations. Dr. Lauren Bradbury, Senior Staff Specialist in Medical Oncology at Orange Health Service. This is Destination Medicine. Thanks for listening. Regional training hubs are supported by funding from the Australian Government under the Rural Health Multidisciplinary Training Programme. 